Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. So good afternoon and welcome to another session of FEPS Talks. My name is Maria Freitas and I'm FEPS Senior Policy Advisor. And I have the pleasure to have uh, here with me today, member of the European Parliament of the S&D Group from Germany, Gabi Bischoff. Welcome, Gabi, to the FEPS Talks podcast. Welcome to you all. Thank you very much. And so, Gabi, you were invited by FEPS to join this FEPS Talks because we will be speaking about the future of Europe. And now our listeners might remember that we also had podcasts on this topic a few uh, months ago with Jeff President Leonie Martin. This was our first FEPS Talks conversation on the topic. But now we also see, um, unfortunately, that uh, the world is not as it was before. And the moment in which this first FEPS Talks podcast with uh, Jeff President Leonie Martin was recorded, and now that we have the pleasure to be speaking with Gabi, much has changed with regards to the Future of Europe conference and the debate. So, Gabi, of course, for our listeners also to know, um, aside being uh, a member of the S&D group from Germany, you also have a very important role as the member of the European Parliament's working group on the future of Europe. Due to this position that you have, Gabi, um, we were wondering, uh, as our listeners are very much interested in this debate, could you provide us a quick update as to where we are in the process? Because back then when we were having this wonderful chat with uh, Leonie, The questions were more of the nature of who would lead the conference, how it would look like, what sort of impact it would have. Uh, but now we are faced with a global pandemic, COVID-19. And so here we were also wondering again where we are in the process and what sort of ambitions uh, do you see this conference having against this backdrop? We are at a very, very crucial point uh, for the future of Europe. We are in a situation where we will either get out of this crisis strengthened and with more integration, or we could also have a very much weakened Europe. And if you look at uh, when we uh, started this initiative of having this conference on the future of Europe, the parliament was really in the driving seat of this initiative. Uh, and we came up in the end with a proposal and a resolution with a vast majority of all pro-European parties in this process. We had a communication of the Commission that was not as much ambitious, but we still not have a common position of the Council. So when uh, the coronavirus have an effect on the work in the Council, they stopped the talks about it. And this is also uh, why a couple of member states now um, addressed this in the council with a letter saying we should not abandon this initiative. In the contrary, that the future of Europe must be our main priority. That was the message. And um, therefore, for us as a parliament, this is very important that uh, we now clarify our agenda and come up with a clear, strong message of the three presidents in favor of this conference on the future of Europe. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much, Gabi. You clearly outlined that we are at a crossroads 
either Europe uh, will be strengthened as a political project or we are facing a possibility to see a weakened Europe where we also see then the European Parliament, let's say, sticking to its guns, saying that this is important, that it's crucial. And yes, we understand that the political priorities may have shifted now due to the health crisis, but nevertheless, you still deem as very important as other colleagues from the council, other uh, policymakers have voiced, seeing that this is also important vis-a-vis -vis the future of Europe uh, debate. And Gabi, when we look also at the role of the progressive family, we've also been seeing that SND President uh, Ihache Garcia has also been quite vocal, yourself and other SND colleagues as well, with regards to the importance of this topic and the conference. I would be curious also to hear from you what sort of imprint do you think that the progressive family can and should have uh, in the process? And especially so when we also see that there's kind of a political competition between the other political groups in the European Parliament that seek to claim, let's say, the ownership of the idea, the narrative, the conference on the future of Europe. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, if you look, for example, at the EP resolution uh, on the corona pandemic, you can see there is a strong paragraph in it also on the conference uh, on the future of Europe, and that we as a parliament call everyone to start this conference as soon as possible. And this is something where we as the SND group pushed for very much that it does not get sort of uh, overtaken by other um, priorities. And if you look at the at the design of the conference, you can see that this new approach of having an open process and involving citizens uh, is very much guided by our principle to say that Europe does not work as an elitist or elite project. And therefore, we want the whole variety of society participating, discussing the priorities, and coming up with proposals. And this is very much something where we had a look at uh, when you define the criteria. Because what you see in European debates very often, it's the same group of people discussing it. Uh, and we want... Um, that uh, really everyone can participate here and that it's not an academic debate or debate of certain groups of society. Mm -hmm. And um, what for me the key point from our imprint is that we see at the moment um, really the lack of solidarity in the European Union. And for us, it's more or less a solidarity crisis in all aspects. If you look at economic policy, if you look at fiscal policy, if you look at social policy, and what you can see really is, and this is really at the core of the problems, is that you more and more have particular national interests of countries prevail over common interests of the European Union. And this is something that in the Conference on the Future of Europe, we have to address and we have to come up with solutions to overcome this. Because otherwise, we will have what we already had in the last years, that um, you have more and more problems to, to be capable to act as a union. Thank you very much, uh, Gabi, for those insights. So S&D Group's imprint in the process has been one of 
Let's get the conference started. Let's get the conference going. It is important, and it's important because we see it as a transparent process, an open process, inclusive process that should lead, let's say, to a wider debate and seeing in which way a greater solidarity can also be embraced by all the actors and stakeholders in this process. Um, so I thank you very much for, for this insight. It leads uh, very nicely to my next question. Gabi, you also briefly touched upon the S&D's uh, position paper and response to the COVID-19 crisis. Much has been produced in this sense in how to address the health crisis and especially the economic downturn that has followed. When we look back at uh, the council of last week, and let's say it was a pretty big political leap that we saw there, do you think that such willingness, uh, such political will, will prevail with regards to the future of Europe conference? I think um, what... When you look at the council meeting last week and uh, the expectations the European Parliament uh, had, uh, you can you can see that this capacity to act jointly is still not there, and that solutions like in the last council that you might agree in principle, but the more complex question you just uh, shift into the future and to see if there is a solution there. I think this shows more and more in this corona pandemic that we really need this conference on the future of Europe to, to really address the way we come to solutions and that we address also the way of yeah, postponing complex and critical questions always and not addressing them and coming up with solutions. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. So you see also this, this platform as a potential to address potential divisions, as a potential platform where political stakeholders can not only hammer out these political differences, but also, let's say, not postponing the issues that cannot be resolved into, into the future, but addressing them there and there. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, let me try to explain it a bit more. If always the slowest can define how fast you can go, I mean, you will never reach your goal. So we have to, to address this, that uh, we need, um, we need um, to agree with the broad majority. We cannot wait for the slowest all the time because otherwise we will not proceed. And I think here, if you look at the crisis, if you look at the economic impact, things develop very fast and we don't, ha don't have all the time of the world to come up with solutions. We have to be fast because otherwise we will make the same mistakes as in the last financial crisis. And that would be devastating. So I think PEP studies show this. People want a Europe that is capable to act that is democratic and that is transparent. And this is what this conference on the future of Europe can help to develop because um, what uh, governments are ready um, to do and the expectations of the citizens in terms of European policies at the moment doesn't go well together. And therefore, if we have broader debates 
very inclusive and including all the variety of society, it can help to find solutions that would otherwise not be possible because of the problems I described. And therefore, this can give a push for integration and this can give a push to get the guts together and be capable to act again because Europe is too important. The solutions we need, they cannot be provided on national level, even big countries like Germany. If you look at the current problems, could not solve it alone. So we are here in this together. And this is where I come back to the problem that I see that it's a solidarity crisis and that people and that governments have to realize that we are in this boat together and we either come out together um, or we will not have uh, adequate solutions at all. Well, uh, if if I may be that frank, uh, Gabby, you just gave me goosebumps uh, because I think uh, that, uh, uh, you know, your words and your set of ambition really, really matter um, now, especially at these uh, times of crisis and where also European citizens are placing so much expectations on how the European Union can address this health crisis, economic crisis, how Europe can respond actually to citizens' expectations. And um, you touched upon, uh, you know, uh, the FEP study. This is also something that we will also explain to our listeners because Gabi and many other uh, speakers, which I'm about to unveil, uh, we'll be taking part on a very exciting webinar so that uh, everyone can also uh, feel free to join. It's taking place on the 9th of May, Europe Day. And this is the occasion where FEPS, together with Hungarian Foundation Policy Solutions, will unveil a report based on a survey conducted in 14 European member states. And the report is called what is the European dream? So here, this is a reflection that FEPS and policy solutions have brought about to contribute to the future of Europe debate and most importantly, outline what sort of policies um, and expectations uh, EU citizens at large are expecting from uh, the European project. Gabi, also to briefly then touch base on what you said, which I really appreciated, you conveyed, well, let's not do the same mistakes as in the past, right? So let's be ambitious, let's be open, let's listen to what uh, citizens have to propose with regards to the future of Europe and its policy making. But in which way can you see, Gabi, the Future of Europe conference being a truly participatory exercise, especially now when in these uh, times of crisis, uh, we, we ourselves, Gabi, you and myself, um, are recording this podcast remotely and uh, uh, not having the chance actually to see each other physically. Uh, do you see that as a particular challenge? I mean, we are all trying to, to get used to this special situation we are in and to make um, the most of it. But I, I think we would all rather prefer to be in a direct exchange instead of uh, doing it the way we have to. But I have to say that, on the other hand, this is also an opportunity to to focus more on the key aspects. And it, it, um, it makes it necessary that you focus much more on, on, on the key messages if you have to do it in a way like we are doing it now. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so there's also perhaps the uh, the potential of you know innovation and different opportunities. So thank you very much for that, Gabi. So we will slowly wind up uh, our conversation, which uh, has been really delightful. So we talk about the Future of Europe conference, uh, the challenges that it entails at at the moment, how the progressive family sees uh, itself and in shaping uh, its direction and discussion. We also invited our listeners to take part in the Dream report launch on Europe Day, 9th of May, uh, together with you, MEP Dominic Quiz de Veza, as S&D Group's AFCO coordinator, and most excitingly, Vice President of the European Commission, Mara Sefcovic. So just imagine this pool of great policymakers, progressive leaders, uh, and you will have a, the chance to discuss with them. So hopefully you will be able uh, to join. Gabi, so one last question, if you allow me. You also mentioned, the, you know, some of the findings uh, of the, the report that the, the citizens that participated in the Dream uh, survey conveyed that they dream of a more democratic Europe a Europe of welfare and shared prosperity and opportunity for all, a stable and safe Europe. Now, of course, the context of the global pandemic puts this into question, of course, as leaders try to grapple with, uh, you know, the health response and start reflecting on how to address the economic downturn. And you rightfully said so. Let's not do the same mistakes as the 2008 crisis. What will be your dream, Gabi? What is your dream for the Future of Europe conference? My dream on this conference is that it brings back um, trust of the citizens in terms of when you look at the 9th of May and the Schumann Declaration, you can see that peace and prosperity is at the key of this project. But some of the people lost a bit trust that Europe is really able to deliver peace and prosperity for all. And for me, the chance of this conference is really to put Europe back on track. And with this, and a very inclusive way of regaining trust that the key issues will be addressed in this conference, that it will not be the usual suspects discussing the usual um, topics and, and coming up with uh, the same solutions, but also that we are able to, to think a bit outside of the box and have a broader view um, on the future of Europe. And, uh, and therefore, for me, it might be one of the last chances the European uh, Union has. You know, we had the conference, we had the commission of the last resort. I was not sure if this was the right branding, but I'm more and more convinced. If Europe is not able really in this big worldwide crisis to show that it is capable to address the challenges and deliver solutions and with this prosperity for all, um, that it will further lose um, trust. And therefore, to sum up, the conference on the future of Europe is a big chance for citizens to get the Europe they want. And it's also a big chance for the European Union to regain trust and the capacity to act in the end again. Mm-hmm. Very good, uh, Gabi. Thank you very much for sharing your dream. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, our listeners will duly appreciate uh, having, uh, you know, such personal feedback from 
one of the, the key uh, policymakers in the process, MEP Gabi Bischoff, um, who said that the future of Europe uh, entails a big, big chance, uh, you know, for the Europe that we want, the Europe that we dream about. Gabi, it was a pleasure to host you at uh, FEPS Talks. And uh, thank you very much, Danke schön, for your participation. Um, and don't forget uh, to join us 9th of May, Europe Day, where you will hear much more from Gabi and also from the other exciting speakers that we have lined up. So thank you very much, Gabi. Goodbye. Thank, thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.